Have the AI stars aligned for Google at last? A marvel of Google DeepMind's universe, Gemini promises to be as wondrous as its astrological namesake. From the ultra to the nano, each flavor is tailored to master tasks as if they were born to it. Talk about star quality. It's set to rocket into all facets of Google's ecosystem, fueling Bard and beyond, outshining human experts, making it the twin your tech horoscope has been predicting. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Yo. Yo to you. Happy Friday. We're recording on a Friday. Yeah. And it's daylight out. It is. So weird. And I can't tell. There's no mood lighting in your in your space. I feel weird putting on like the all the colored lights during the day. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Doesn't seem right. But I think we need to start this episode out with our most sincere apologies to Robert Plant for what we did. <laughs> For what you did to him <laughs> last week. Or is it what he did to me? I don't know. No, we're in that space now. Yeah. If you didn't hear it, we had cloned our voices uh, with Eleven Labs uh, some time ago when we did the uh, Raina and Sage flip the script episode. I forget what number mm-hmm. that was. And uh, so we cloned our voices and and then I found some soloed vocal tracks of um, uh, Robert Plant and Boston and and we fed them into Eleven Labs and saw what the output was when it tried to sing in our clone voices and uh train wreck uh, comes to mind Mm. as an appropriate uh, description (laughs) hilarious train wreck yes that's uh on the last episode on episode uh, 26. yes you owe yourself this to go back and listen to just how ridiculous it is and we listen to it i know you have too loud like just on a loop here, how silly it is and how just so awful because our voices are trying to, you know, climb those scales with Robert Plant and at turns you sound like Grandpa Simpson and then you sound like William Hung from American Idol and then you sound like some old, I know, and then you sound like some crotchety old English guy in a pub. It's so great. Anyway, I think you, yeah. Right at the top of the episode, so... You, you'll you'll get to it as soon as you hit play, but yeah, and we might have a little bit more of that uh, new installment of AI karaoke <laughs> later in this episode. I can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna keep that for the end, so you stick around for the other stuff. Um, and I actually I see some cease and desist orders in our in our future. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about it, but I was like, well, if the soloed vocal tracks are still up on YouTube, they take stuff down quickly. So I would imagine it's not it's out of the context of the whole song. So and or or maybe that's not what you were referring to. Maybe just oh yeah, just because yeah. we're butchering somebody's <laughs> music. No, but I was thinking that. Like, so clearly, it's not our intellectual property. But I was also thinking about this as well. For the last episode, you as a guide track didn't even use William Shatner himself. You used Kevin Pollock, 
his impersonation of William Shatner, mm-hmm. which we then used as a guide track for our AI. So we're so far down the rabbit hole with this. <laughs> Who owns any of it? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an uh, AI impression. You know, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I I wrote here in in the notes that stuff is unfolding so quickly. I I often worry. Am I going to be prepared enough for the episode? Have I done enough research? But I I feel like I don't. I could literally the morning of start researching things and there's enough to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, sh- no yeah. shortage. Never a slow news week. Right. Last week we talked about open AI and the whole drama that unfolded there. They ousted Sam Altman. He came back. Um, there was a really quick update on that. There's a little more information that has been revealed since. Um, it says here that OpenAI's CEO, Sam Altman, attempted to remove board member Helen Toner, leading to internal conflicts. Altman's efforts to turn other board members against Toner were unsuccessful. These tensions culminated in Altman's firing and then an eventual return. Uh, this is reported by Business Insider and The New Yorker. So I guess there was more of a, a personality conflict than anything, it seems. Mm, big consequences for that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess maybe that personality conflict was at the heart of the whole Q star controversy that we talked about last week, which is there perhaps AGI lurking behind closed doors. Well, we're going to be talking about Google Gemini and that Mm -hmm. seems super impressive. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if all the details of that coming out now, does open AI now feel like, Oh, well we better get this Q star thing out, you know? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I wonder if it's going to be a, Rushing the timeline maybe a little faster than they would have just to answer competition. Right, just to get it to market and foregoing guardrails, as as they have been. Mm. As you know, I pay at the moment $20 a month for my ChatGPT subscription. You have been blacklisted from that. (laughs) Have you been let in the door yet or no? I keep checking my email. I'm on the waiting list, but uh, uh, there's a reason they call it a waiting list. Yeah, that's right. You would think they'd ramp that up a little bit. Anyway, I decided the day or so ago that I was going to get a little bit more into uh, creating my own GPT with it. Um, so I decided, I love traveling. I don't know how you feel about traveling. How, do you like to travel? I do. Um, we haven't been able to because we have an aging cat that we kind of need to Aww. stay with. But uh, um, so, so, yeah, we can't go anywhere too far these days. But Yeah, I get it. I love to travel, you know me, um, and I love when I go anywhere new to explore on foot. I feel like you just get the pulse of the place, and I love to, like, whenever I travel, I love to, I don't like to go on tours where it's like, you're doing two days here, you're doing three days there. I like to, 10 days, one city, let's camp out, let's get our place that we really love, let's do what the locals do, mm-hmm. whatever. With that said, I decided to use ChatGPT to make my own uh, walking tour bot. So I call it the Walkabout Explorer. Actually, it called itself Walkabout Explorer. And I <laughs> thought that was a, a nice title. So I kept it. So how it works is you can, with this bot, you can take a screenshot on a map app. So you open up Google Maps, Apple Maps, and you zoom in on whatever, a few square blocks of City X. You take that screenshot, you upload it to the bot, and you say, please map me out a walking tour, highlight restaurants, highlight any kind of attractions. You can even tell it, hey, I really like going to museums or I really like, I don't know, extreme sports. And it will spit back to you a a written list, a written itinerary. Uh, I did also train it, or not train it, I configured it to give you a, a visual too, a map with the route highlighted. 
That's the one thing it keeps stumbling on. For some reason, it keeps generating errors, even though it says it can do it, it, it can't do it. But I tried it with a couple different maps. I put in Manhattan, I put in Pittsburgh, because I love Pittsburgh, and it showed me all the cool restaurants in this 10 block radius. Really cool. Very cool. And how, how long did it take you to do that? 10 minutes. <laughs> of course, right? Ten, 10 minutes. The thing that's really annoying about it, and I'm learning this as I go as a subscriber, is that, so say, Lar, I, I did share it with you. I don't know if you even tried it. But the thing that's kind of annoying and is a stumbling block to using this is that you cannot access it without you having a $20 a month subscription to to GPT, ChatGPT. Mm. So as an example, so isn't that going to, that's going to prohibit you from using my output that was created with their platform you know well, i think they've uh, they've announced that they're delaying the gpt store but i think that's where that comes in so mm -hmm, until that mm -hmm. happens yes uh, then i think that's everything's got to be behind a paywall because the, the, if they can't if they're if they're making me wait to or not just me but you know lots of people yeah. wait like here take my money just i want to subscribe and they're not yeah. taking it then they don't have the bandwidth yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's sooner rather than later, this kind of functionality is going to be open source freeware anyway. I mean, I, I, I feel like they're going to miss the bus on this. Mm. I could be wrong. Um, my, my friend down in Costa Rica, she runs a educational travel company and she saw that I built this thing and she's like, oh, I'm really psyched because we have X amount of students that come through here every week that it would be really great if they could just for San Jose, you could draw or wherever uh, I could drop in a map of San Jose and it could give me this, but she can't access it mm. and her students can't access it because that's, it's a subscription base and it's site license or whatever it may be. So I can't, I, I'm sure there's out there, there's some other free alternative or hopefully this will become free as a function. We'll see. Yeah. I wonder once this GPT store happens, if, uh, if. I assume you'd be able to put something up there. Like if you wanted to give that away for free, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a, a mm -hmm. paid thing. Yeah. That's how you wrote a book. I wrote a, I didn't write a book. I was the, the creative director on this book. Did I tell you this. <laughs> yeah, you told me you were working on it. Yeah. So I have, we have a dog. Her name is Roxy, just like your aging cat, Roxy. Uh, we have a Roxy of our own. Roxy is a Zaguate. She is a street dog from Costa Rica, of which of which there are a million, apparently. Anyway, when we lived in Costa Rica, we got Roxy, came to a rescue uh, where my wife was working at the time. And out of the 200 animals there at the rescue, Roxy spoke to her. And uh, you know, we ended up taking her home. And five years later, here, here we are with the world's most spoiled street dog who's <laughs> lived in two different countries and flown on a commercial airliner at this point. I, I always tell her, I always tell her that. And she just doesn't respond. I'm always like, Roxy, you were 35,000 feet in the air. Do you know that street dog? And she has nothing to say. It's nope. so weird. Um, so anyway, long story short is I took some pictures of Roxy as, as you do. I think you have 6,000 photos of your Roxy. You said at one point, so, yeah, she so has I a took, very big digital footprint, <laughs> digital paw print. She, yeah. yeah. Um, so I took these 10 images, I fed them into Dolly, and I said, I want to see a Pixar-like uh, illustration of my dog, Roxy. And of course, it came back pretty good, a little too polished, a little too Pixar-ish. Uh, maybe I should be more specific in my direction. But then I said, okay, I want her to look a little more disheveled. I want her to be soaked from the rain, and I want her in the middle of the Costa Rican 
rainforest jungle and it came back with roxy pretty close man a mm. really a good representation of her so then i'm thinking all right i'm going to write a story the first book about R roxy i call her raga raga the street dog and i of course went to chat gpt and i said here are the bones of the story and it came back with the children's book you know whatever age grades three and under ages eight and below and you know gave me the the outline the framework for the book that I'm going to put together. And I, I would say write, but I'm not really writing it. I'm just kind of guiding the creation, as you know. And then I'm gonna feed back in that successful representation of her visually. I think I'm gonna have to, to, to bite the bullet and get an MJ subscription, a mm -hmm. mid-journey subscription, and be able to use the style tuner like you, you were describing a few weeks ago, and put Roxy, the Roxy I want, in all these different scenarios and have her look stylistically consistent. I think that's the way. And I'm pretty confident, Lyra, that I can have this book done and ready for publication by Monday morning. <laughs> of course. I mean, that long? Yeah, Monday. I know, Monday. <laughs> I mean, if I was really ambitious and not the lazy procrastinator that I am. By dinner time. <laughs> oh, by the end of this podcast, I could be doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. But no, I know I, the first inclination is that my friend told me that Amazon, of course, will help you publish the hard copy version of this. So... That's where I'm going to start looking first. Okay, so here's here's the PDF or whatever kind of format I need to give you, and let's start selling books, you know? Super cool. Super cool. So the big news, uh, literally just two days ago, we, we normally record on Thursday nights. Life happened. We weren't able to. But the night before, the day before, I think it was Wednesday, Google's big announcement was that their long-promised AI, Gemini, was finally being released. Yeah, and if you haven't checked this out yet, just go to, uh, we'll have a link in the in the um, podcast description. And and just so you know, uh, we always, if, if you look in the description for each episode, uh, we try to include the links of most of the, uh, mm -hmm. the notable things that we, we talk about. But uh, it's uh, deepmind.google, uh, and then I think forward slash technologies forward slash Gemini. And, uh, it's a, there's a whole page with a bunch of videos. I highly recommend watching every one of them because they're pretty fascinating. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, first of all, thank you for putting all those links up. I know that's a, a lot, a lot of work on the back end to kind of harvest them from our discussions. So thank you. And yes, you as a listener, there's so much good stuff there that Larry puts up that you can reference and use uh, when we talk about it. I only watched the first video on that, maybe the second video. I can't even think of the name of the video. It's something like uh, Gemini in Action. And it, it really highlights the multimodal functionality of it. And I know it's edited for context and brevity. Uh, I'm sure it's not responding with the speed that's displayed in the video, but it's incredible what it can recognize via video, via natural language discussion. Do you want to elaborate on that, Lair? What they are saying is the big differentiator. They're saying that this has been built from the ground up to be multimodal. And they haven't, it's not like stitching together a text based GPT with mm -hmm. a, you know, a video thing. It's, it's built to have a coherent understanding of the different modalities. So, mm -hmm. um, the first video on the page is like he starts out and just putting a piece of paper on there and and it's responding and it's it, I, I don't know if this is if it's actually this fast or not mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um but it's 
responding with a voice and he's like, oh, you have a piece of paper. And then he just starts drawing on it. And there's just, just some basic lines. And it describes the lines as being smooth curves without any sharp edges, uh, sharp turns, you know. And then, then he goes a little further and it, it's, he's drawn a bird basically and and it's like oh that you've you've drawn a bird there and then he goes well how about this and then he adds little you know waves and then it says oh well then that would be a duck and he starts coloring it blue and uh, and it's saying oh that well the blue is not a common color for ducks they're normally white brown mm-hmm. or black and you know it it just interacts and then he pulls out this was really interesting like he pulls out a a rubber duck mm-hmm. that happened to be blue mm-hmm. and uh and it reacts to that, and he goes, will this float? And it said that it couldn't determine that, you know, because it didn't know the density of the material it was made out of or something to that effect. And he goes, well, what if I do this? And then he squeezed it, and it squeaked. Mm-hmm. And then the AI replies, well, if it squeaks, it'll definitely float. That's a rubber <laughs> duck. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yes. it's pretty, pretty wild. I mean, I, you know, I don't have to describe this whole video to you. You can watch it, but... Uh, also on a pad, he draws a picture of an acoustic guitar and then it like, it, it recognized it and it yeah. played like some acoustic guitar loop, you know, little sample. And then he drew a guitar amplifier and connected a chord to it. And was like, oh, well, you have an amplifier. We can get really loud. And uh, how about some 80s hair metal? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. You guys have to watch that video it, you know, multimodal and that you can feed it information via text, you can show it images via webcam. At one point in the demo, the guy shows a video of a cat jumping on, you know, whatever, YouTube, Mm. and pauses the video midstream, and we don't know what's gonna happen with the cat, and the AI, Gemini, makes predictions. Oh, the cat's gonna land it with ease. The cat misses, and you know whatever. Gemini quips something like, "Oh, better luck next time. I'm sure it'll land on its feet." Whatever. Yeah. So, just the fact that it can see the video, make predictions, and then have a conversation about the outcome, I thought was pretty incredible. And then they had had a, like a world map, and, oh, and said, yeah. oh, "Let's make a game." So it asks, uh, basically, where do uh, kangaroos come from?" Or I forget what it what it was, but uh, he's like, "Oh, that's easy." And then he just points to Australia, and it goes, "Correct." You know, it's. It seems, you know, it's, it's a simple game on the surface, but the fact that this just is happening in real time and is unbelievable. I mean, as you're just describing that, which I thought was amazing too, I'm just having visions of um, accessibility for people who maybe are, are not um, vocal, right? Uh, like but kids maybe that have some disability and they want to play a game and learn about the world and geography and, and the AI is asking it and the child can simply point to things on the screen and have it... Um, as an instructional tool. Mm. Amazing. So Gemini, yes, known for its multimodality. It's, uh, I would imagine it's going to be integrated uh, as the engine for all things Google and Google Workspace, Google Bard. Even though I did ask Bard earlier today, I said, is Gemini powering your back end? And it said, yes, it is. And, you know, I tried to do some things that I thought were uh, Gemini-like and super powered. And I don't know, maybe I just got to dig in different places and ask different questions. But its functionality didn't wow me right out of the gate. Um, but I do want to know if I go into Google Workspace and I go into things like uh, Google Slides and Google um, Sheets, et cetera, what is it going to look like there? You know, what what is, is it going to be an integrated output? If I say, take this body of text here, this script for Up Against Reality, can you convert that immediately into an outline and then also output 
slides with accompanying stock imagery or image that images that you generate. Like, I want to see that. I want to see mm. this one-stop shop where it's like, take this thing, convert it into this, spit it out in the format that I want. You know what I mean? I think, I feel like we're a click away from that. I'm trying to remember. So, so there's, there's three flavors of Gemini. Mm-hmm. There's ultra, which is the, the most capable version that is not available yet. Then there's pro, mm-hmm. which I believe is what is powering Bard. And then there's Nano, which is designed to be on on device, like on a cell phone. Right. And so I've heard some comparisons, and I thought, I'm trying to remember what they equated Pro to, to GPT-3.5 or 4. I'm not sure, mm. but it's Ultra that is what's being demoed in all of these very impressive videos, and that's not available yet. Got it. But... Man, if you haven't seen it, the video on the main page, it says excelling at competitive programming. And are these the videos that are like further down the page? There's like five clustered together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is that about? Um, I mean, they, so they have programming competitions and it's up there with the best uh, like programmers. It's, you know, it's really very, very capable and there's, I guess in these competitions, there's there's always some really difficult uh, task that only 2% of the people mm. are, are successful at. It takes a lot of, um, I forget, dynamic programming where you got to break things down into smaller problems and iterate and iterate and iterate to solve this other greater problem. And, and uh, yeah, it knows how to do that too. So... Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I, and every week, I, I just keep thinking it's it's over. I, I say it every week. And here's another example of that. I, I work as an instructional designer, as an e-learning developer, and I just had a client ask me for something. And we just had this conversation earlier. I didn't know this subject area. And typically, as a an instructional designer, I speak with an expert. Like, Lara, you would be my subject expert about audio engineering or brewing. I would sit down with you and have a conversation, multiple conversations across X amount of hours. Well, for this particular task, I literally went on ChatGPT and a couple other LLMs. And within the span of, I want to say, 10 minutes, I had some really comprehensive information to build my platform, my my e-learning product with. And, And granted, I would definitely ask somebody in the field to maybe double check the work, but hiring somebody as a consultant now or a programmer now, or, you know, color commentator on a sports game, whatever, it's all, it's over for all of it. How do we all, how do we stay employed? I don't know. I was watching some of the Thursday night football game and Al Michaels is, he's one of the commentators. He's been doing it forever. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's Al Michaels. Unless he licensed his persona and voice I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school when it comes to football commentators, but I agree. And you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir that Al Michaels right now, his agent and lawyer, they're talking to some, they're talking anthropic, <laughs> and they're going to immortalize him. And your grandchildren, your kids' kids, are going to be listening to Al Michaels call color commentary on the Miami Dolphins game in perpetuity, man. Could you be. know that. You know, yes, could be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's money there's money to be made yeah. here. Come on. 
Uh, and just one little quick aside, like on that, also on that Google DeepMind on the um, Gemini page, you know, they have all these uh, statistics, you know, just like uh, uh, benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And there's names for a lot of these tests that are standard tests for testing this kind of, you know, for LLMs and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, they all have fairly straightforward names. Uh, but the one that jumped off the page uh, in the reasoning category is called Hella Swag. <laughs> and that's common sense reasoning for everyday tasks. Why is it? Why is it called hella swag? <laughs> oh, that's great! I but love it scored ninety five point three percent over uh, GPT four's eighty seven point eight percent. Or hella or, swag? Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, actually, GPT four. I, I got him backwards. GPT four is stronger in hella swag. Yeah. Interesting. That was. That? I think that that's the only category, though. I feel like there was only one category in which GPT four had surpassed. Um, You're correct. Yeah, at least on this that, list. Yeah, hella swag. Hella All right, swag. so I'm sure they have some <laughs> capable hella swag engineers <laughs> yeah, uh, at yeah. Google on this problem yeah. right now. Um, the word of the year, by the way, is Riz. Do you know what Riz is? Oh, I saw this. Uh, charisma, right? It's like That's a right. Yeah. So you, my friend, have Riz and hella swag. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to circle back that video that we were talking about. It's actually called Hands On with Gemini. It's the one on the on the page that we'll link to. But as is always the case, I'm always watching sci-fi. You are too, I think. And I was watching Alien Covenant, which happened to spring up on Netflix. And I'm a sucker for anything alien. You know that. Mm-hmm. And even Covenant, which everybody bashes. I love Covenant. I love Prometheus for different reasons. Um, but Covenant is cool in its own right. Um, but it's funny, if you recall, the first scene in Covenant is with Wayland and David, who's played by Michael Fassbender. And they're in this beautiful, elegant, kind of minimalist space. And it's David awakening. He's alive. And the first thing Wayland says is, what do you see, David? And he looks around the room. He says, I see a Steinway Grand. I see this Renaissance painting. I see this particular chair, blah, blah, blah. But it just reminded me of that when I watched that Gemini video, because the first thing the engineer says is, what do you see? Ooh. I was like, oh my God, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in that same space now, huh? Nice, nice connection there. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Like I watched both those videos in the same day. I was like, oh man. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. It is. So a couple other bullet points about Google Gemini. Uh, we've mentioned that it comes in different flavors. It surpasses GPT in a lot of measures. It has been designed for reliability and efficiency. As, as Larry mentioned earlier, it is not designed apparently in silos of functionality, yet more in an integrated fashion. It's not stitched together with APIs, uh, if I'm saying that correctly. It incorporates comprehensive safety measures. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> just whenever that's brought up. And by the way, did you see uh, that Meta just said that their new, I think, text-to-image model has been trained on all of our stuff that we've been putting up for a decade now on Instagram and Facebook. So every picture that you ever put out there of Roxy in the metasphere is now part of the training data set for their their model. Boy, didn't know? see that coming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, well, you didn't read the end user license agreement? You didn't oh, no, read they, they can't use mine because I posted one of those copy and paste oh, things that's that right. says I, I posted those. that does not allow them to do that. So it's legally binding, right? Those are great, aren't they? <laughs> Anytime I see that, I'm like, come on. <laughs> Doesn't it just like, that just sparks judgment in me. Like, I'm like, do you have any idea what you're doing when you do that? Oh my God. Um, So what else? It'll be integrated into Google products and services, as we were saying. Um, This is interesting. They they proclaim it to be as good as the human experts in a given field. 
Um, so I'm seeing that to an extent, as mm. I just mentioned, with subject matter expertise. And I don't know if this is what you were just talking about when you were talking about that very complex kind of coding challenge that it was able to take on, but this other element called Alpha Code 2, is that what you were talking about? I don't remember the, the mm. specifics, but they were just talking mostly about its coding prowess, and, but they were referring to it as competitive coding in the context of competitive uh, oh, right, coding. Right. Well, anyway, this component called Alpha Code 2 is also within the Google universe powered by Gemini. So I believe, you know, as with all this stuff in the next, the upcoming weeks, we're going to see some pretty interesting examples of what can be done with it. Speaking of coding, um, I'm trying to remember what this was. You can just sketch an idea out. I saw this. And so this was an example of creating a mm -hmm. timer. And uh -huh. so you drew a box and an arrow pointing to uh, this is where the timer is. Uh, this button is to start the timer. This button is to reset it. And it counts backwards. And, you know, just, just handwritten sketch on a napkin type of thing. And then it opens up a box and it generates HTML code. Mm -hmm. And and here you go. Here's your, your working timer. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. And the, the demo I saw was for, I believe it was called UI wizard, like you wizard mm -hmm. uh, for user interface. And it was the same thing. It was like, draw the, the, the landing screen of a certain app. And you just did it by hand and boom, out comes the app. Yeah. Out comes the app. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over, Johnny. <laughs> over to Reina, in fact, with the news. Thanks, boys. Rock legends Kiss recently rocked their way into the digital age at their final The End of the Road show in NYC. Swapping their guitars for virtual avatars, created by George Lucas's special effects wizards, they're set to rock stages globally without ever leaving home. It's like a rock and roll sci-fi movie, with Kiss pioneering as the first U.S. band to go full avatar, promising to bring their pyrotechnic extravaganza to fans everywhere, in perpetuity. Let's just hope their avatars don't remake Phantom of the Park. Wonder Twin Powers, activate! IBM and Meta are building an AI alliance. Their mission? To mix up the AI recipe by focusing on open-source goodies, making sure everything is safe, smart, and fun for everyone. It's like a tech party with a purpose, and they've invited over 50 other cool cats like Intel and NASA to join as well. Guess what? Microsoft Copilot is turning one, and it's throwing a tech-tastic party with new features. Now it works its magic across Windows 11, Microsoft 365, Bing, and Edge, knowing what you need before you even click. And starting September 26th, this clever little assistant will pop up with just a right click, blending the web smarts with your work, making every day feel like a walk in a futuristic park. Yay, the paperclippy guy is back. I like that little dude. In Canada, a four-year-old female kangaroo on the run for four days made headlines after punching a police officer in the face during her capture. The kangaroo had eluded her handlers last Thursday while being transported in a truck to a zoo in Quebec. Her escape began during a rest stop at Oshawa Zoo, about 45 miles northeast of Toronto. This bouncy marsupial's escapade ended with a memorable catch, leaving the officers with quite the kangaroo tale to tell. I know that story has absolutely nothing to do with AI, but it had to be told. 
Um, what's going on up in Canada exactly? In non-Canadian kangaroo-related news, oh boy, knowledge workers, time to buckle up. A BBC Worklife article is buzzing about AI-powered digital work buddies shaking things up. It seems those smarty-pants AI tools are evolving so quickly they might nudge some brainy jobs off the map. Even top-tier pros might find themselves playing catch-up with their digital doppelgangers. And get this, Goldman Sachs is chirping that AI might boost global GDP big time. But yikes, 300 million jobs could be waving goodbye. Talk about a high-tech hustle in the job jungle. That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. Well, th- thanks for the kangaroo update. Um, that's yeah. <laughs> I know you were wondering. We don't don't usually cover that uh, that news. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, as soon as I saw that kiss story, I'm like, who else? <laughs> who else? <laughs> who else has got their marketing so figured out? I know. And uh, yes, Phantom of the Park. You know what? I I, I had fond memories of like looking forward to seeing that as a kid. <laughs> and I, I I know it was a few years back. I searched it out. I scoured the internet oh. to find it, and I found it. You know, just Is it awful? D- digital. It's awful. I right? never. I I don't even think I made it through the first fifteen minutes. Oh, <laughs> you no. know? I know. I mean, it's yeah, it's really ridiculous. But yeah, that's <sighs> one of those that. Uh, it's like the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, it didn't 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 age well. But. No, and doesn't Kiss know you never go full Avatar? <laughs> Dude, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> never go full uh, Avatar. You never go full Avatar, man. Um, they've Hatsumiku'd themselves. Yeah. So oh. just like, just like Al Michaels is gonna man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always thought like, oh, what a brilliant idea. You know, you have a band where you're in makeup. And then you can just hire other people to totally you know, to, to They'll do never it. know. Yeah. Who that probably has happened over the course of their career, and right? Even if everybody knows, they're still going to be cool with it. I think, right? As long as it doesn't suck. That's a great thing. How many times they've been? They, this is their fiftieth anniversary. I don't know if you saw that. That's, crazy. That's fifty years. Um, how many times? Like, listen, any major Broadway show has understudies. People waiting in the wings yeah. if like so and so can't go on. Like, who's to say in makeup we've been looking at Paul Stanley's doppelganger on occasion? Who knows? <laughs> How would you know? Yeah. Real quick, not to go too nostalgic on it, but I grew up listening to Kiss Alive, uh, you know, on vinyl, and just sitting there and looking at all the you know the concert pictures and of this yes. crazy band, and and I, I was just fascinated. And little did I know then, you know, I, I don't know how old I was then. I was probably single digits, you know. Sure. I, I don't know if I was 10, um, maybe, I don't know, but a million years ago. To, if somebody had given me a glimpse back then of like, you know, they're still going to be around when, <laughs> yes. when you're in your early 50s. Incredible. Yeah. And I have the same upbringing as you and that I remember sitting on, you know, my friend's floor in their bedroom with these Kiss albums in my hand, like looking at them and being mesmerized by Gene Simmons spinning blood and like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And, you know, of course, our, I don't know if how your parents handled that kind of exposure, but they were like, no, you shouldn't be listening to that <laughs> devil music, you know? I remember somebody telling me that uh, uh, the track uh, 100,000 Years the, oh, the yeah. reason it's called that is because there's a, you know, there's all these, it's like a big drum solo, oh. right? And there's a hundred thousand drum hits in that song. <laughs> I said, wow. <laughs> Who counted them? I remember like, it wasn't 
KISS was an acronym for Kings and Satan's Service. Or, Do you remember or that? Knights in, or Knights in Service Knights. to Satan. There you go. Something like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, when it was all just a big marketing ploy, and now people own KISS coffins. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the, I was like, all right, Gene, you've gotten a little too far now. <laughs> they can never go too far. Yeah, There's no. nothing they won't slap their name on. No. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff. I don't know if you have occasion to use this because you're a Mac guy, but do you have any like life inside the Microsoft universe or no? I I do wear a badge of honor of never having owned a Windows <laughs> PC. Yeah. And although there's been a couple of times when it would come in handy for a certain piece of software, you know, but then I would get around it by running like Parallels or or boot yes. camp or something on a Mac. Um but uh but yeah, I can't I can't do it and I can't do that now. Uh I can't I can't go Windows and I and I also can't break my streak of never having seen an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I know that's right. Yeah, even you though never I know go- there's a couple of good ones. Uh so I'm told, but I, I can't break the streak now. Couple things. You never go full avatar, you never go full Windows, <laughs> you never go full sand never go full Sandler. No. However, I feel the same way about Sandler too. Oh good. Have you have you seen Uncut Gems though? Uh it looks right up my alley. Can't do it. I get it, but I'm I feel I'm exactly the same as you, but it's really good. Yeah. He's I know. really good. It is a nonstop, just tense ride. I, you would I, dig yeah, it. Yeah. I know. All right. All right. One of these <laughs> you days. You can describe it. Uh, when you're the, feeling the... weak and vulnerable, you'll, you'll, sit, you'll sit down and watch it. You'll cave. Nope, not happening. <laughs> Circling back, you know, by way of Sandler to Microsoft, I do use Microsoft products in my life, and I'm, I'm excited to see where Copilot goes. It seems like it's creeping toward integration to this multimodal, like, Oh, it's just catch all for these things and it's going to hopefully and I like they rebranded it because their stuff's been kind of like strewn about like Microsoft being image creator just like so wordy and like so I think it's all going to live in this one space that also being said I, when we do our thumbnails and when you and I have this like shootout basically weekly which one of these platforms is going to generate the best stuff Oftentimes in my life, it's been Microsoft Image Creator. The Bing, the Bing Image Creator, has done, is getting better and better. So, yeah. I'm excited to see where they're headed. Yeah, it's the quality's gone way up on that. It, it yeah. used to not be even close, and now it's close. Well, and the thing that it does that I don't think any anything else does is it handles text. It does. I I was working on a project for a client last night, and I wanted a logo, and it handled it readily i mean there was a couple things that had to be tweaked manually but 99 percent of the lettering on six different iterations of the logo came out really well mm. yeah i it's, hopefully it's i i know they're talking about it uh in mid-journey uh at some point in version six i think but uh it's not here yet so yeah i'm about to plunk down my 10 bucks a month on that um I don't remember if you brought it up last week or week before, but we were talking about electrical demands. Was it last week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were mentioning some, I want to say 300,000 square foot facility that was using a million dollars in electricity a month. Yeah, it, it was three buildings, two data centers, and all, and the third building was offices, 300,000 square feet uh, each, uh, $1.2 million in electricity a month. Yeah. So it's obviously the demand for this is climbing exponentially just like the technology itself 
By one account, generative AI's growing popularity in 2023 significantly increased energy demands with data centers already consuming up to 1.5% of global electricity and AI using a major part of this energy in large tech companies. AI's energy consumption is on par with a country like the Netherlands. Mm. Mm -hmm. Takes a lot of juice. It does. And I, I read every day now, literally every day, I see articles about nuclear power making a comeback. And I, I don't want to say AI is, AI is driving that necessarily, but I also do think sustainability, um, cleaner fuel, less dependency on you know the instability of the Middle East. Did you see the piece about the Japanese large-scale fusion reactor that just went online? No. But based on this conversation, I was like, well, once... Once we get to AGI and ASI, then fusion will be a, a quick solve. Yeah, you're right. But apparently Japan, not to go into it too deeply, but I saw an article that said the largest fusion reactor ever built that's functional and, and usable is now online and in testing in, in Japan. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that tracks with AI. Yeah, AI will fuel itself because it'll solve AI all these problems. AI will fuel right? itself. It will, yeah. I'm so glad that we have a cheer and beer segment that is, I think there's a couple items in our cheer and beer segment this week. We always love to shine a light on AI that's doing its best to make things accessible uh, to people with disabilities. Microsoft's Seeing AI, it's called Seeing AI, uh, it's an app, initially released for iOS in 2017, is now available on Android, providing assistive technology for blind and low vision individuals using the device's camera for various tasks. The app can describe printed text, identify people and objects, read handwriting, and scan barcodes with a caution for accuracy and safety available in several languages. With more to be added, the app features an intuitive interface with customizable settings and modes, enhancing accessibility for users. How cool is that? Yeah, that's the good stuff. It is. I, I, I'm literally banking on... I've said this before, we've said this before, my failing eyesight, my crappy rock and roll damaged hearing, I want to say with like an 80% probability in my lifetime, some implant or some other thing is going to get me back to my 25 year old eyes and ears. Uh, sign me up. Yeah. 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 You have a special bonus treat for us <laughs> in the 11 labs carrot aioki category yeah that was just too much fun um it was so uh, yeah i i got i got three of them we did the william shatner with with reina i was trying to think of another uh very unique voice mm. so that led me to gilbert Gottfried. Oh, great. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think the Kirk one is, is a little better, but it's, it's still, uh, still fairly entertaining. So here, here, here's the original that, that I fed into uh, Eleven Labs. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you can hear the sound of my voice. And this is uh, its attempt at having Raina uh, deliver Ooh. that. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you can hear the sound of my voice. <laughs> wow. She's like, a, she went to the Catskills. She's becoming a, Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, now on to the more the, uh, the Carrie Aoki. Uh, um, uh, grabbed some more uh, isolated vocals. Went with this classic. 
I live my life like there's no tomorrow. And all I've got, I had to steal. Least I don't need to beg or borrow. Yes, I'm living at a pace that kills. So there's, there is no chorus on this because he's not actually singing the chorus, I don't think. Um, well, it's, it's, um, Oh, he's not it's Michael Anthony. I Michael think, Anthony. Isn't he? Yeah. And, and Eddie uh, probably. Yeah. Or at least it wasn't on this track. So, uh, huh. and then I, you know, I, I, I put your head, ran it through your Ooh, voice clone. No, I live my life back. There's no tomorrow <laughs> and all I've got. I had this to you. We start on me. It's a battle. The asylum living at a very stack cubes. That's the best part of it. Like when there's those little weird artifacts at the end, that's my favorite. You're an actual singer, so this must be oh, awful for you. It's so <laughs> bad. Doubly awful because I love David Lee Roth so much and the early stuff. That's all I sang growing up. I, so to hear it like that, oh. All right, brace yourself. <laughs> Last but not least. Back in blast! I hate to say it! I've been too long! I'm glad to be back! Yes, I'm letting loose from the news! That's kept me hanging about! I keep living out of sky just to get me high! Forget the hearse, cause I'll never die! I got nine lives! Cat size! Abusing everyone of them and running wild! Oh, all right, so you know how that this, goes. Th this is going to be you, I hope. Oh, yes. Yeah. you? Oh, good. <laughs> this, oh. this might beat the robber plan. <laughs> oh, great. I take a sip. I pay to go with that. Just the kisser over daddy news. From the news. That's kept real. I got out there and I'm getting worried. That's not a sky. I just the lead up. So get the rest going, man, I die. I got nine lives. Can't die. It feels like everyone on every word of I What's I die? You're from die. Mom, baby. You're from die. Mom, baby. Baby. What a fantasy. Yes, I'm so I love how you kept it going. My head hurts. Yeah. I'm laughing. I'm crying. That's yeah. so ridiculous. I love this. That's. I really think, first of all, we need a, a fourth podcast where it's just this. And we don't even give it any context or set up. We just play these things. Oh, my head hurts. Yeah. That's so funny, man. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Thank you, Eleven Labs. <laughs> yes, thank amazing you. technology. We we just used up, uh, you know, a ton of electricity to generate. <laughs> totally <some> stupid. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you think Eleven Labs had this in mind when they developed that product? <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. That's what I love. Oh, it just it just seems like counterintuitive or just uh, the antithesis of this to go to doom and gloom. So maybe, maybe we should just bypass it and we'll we'll leave our Friday untouched. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? No, no, no. I guess that was positive, right? Uh, that was super positive. Yeah, not, that was not musically. Great. But... <laughs> All right. So uh, do you have anything else to add to that? How do you how do you follow that? That's like 
Jimi Hendrix opening for the monkeys or something. Yeah. How do you follow that? Oh, man. So that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. How about you? That's a good, bad note to end on. Yeah. So I guess we'll leave you a listener question. What do you think about this Gemini thing? Have you tried it? Are you seeing anything markedly different when you use Bard or any other kind of Netscape? Excuse me. I said Netscape. Any other kind of <laughs> Google product like Workspace? Like, is it actually available and present and making a dent in your workflow? I don't know. Maybe it has already Netscaped itself. I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Where else are we, Larry? Where else are we? We're on YouTube. Anything else? Yeah. By next year, we'll be we'll be in other places, I'm sure. Look for our Super Bowl ad coming up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll see you next week. As a postscript, I have to amend some items that Larry and Chris discussed regarding Gemini's capabilities. Literally 30 seconds after we recorded this episode, some new info came to light. It seems that Google's demo of its new Gemini AI model, which showcased its ability to interact with various inputs, has been revealed as partially faked. The video, gaining over a million views, depicted Gemini responding to voice queries, tracking objects, and recognizing gestures. However, it was later disclosed that the demo used carefully selected still images and text prompts, not live interactions as implied. This revelation raises questions about the actual capabilities of Gemini and Google's presentation of its technology. For more detailed information, you can read the full article on TechCrunch's website, Naughty Naughty Google. Don't be evil, remember? This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people. <laughs>